Welcome to Kohler Mania. Thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you. And today I want to bring up a topic up for discussion. I want us to talk about prayer. So let's let's get into that. I'm Tanya. And I'm Michael. And the reason why I want to bring up prayer is I just finished doing a mini Bible study on prayer, and it really provoked my heart on as believers of Jesus Christ, how we should be communicating with our God and how important prayer is. So what do you think? Well, certainly it's very important. It's one of the key aspects of our faith is to be able to talk with God. I mean, that's simply what prayer is, is talking with God. He It just amazes me that the God of the universe, the God who created this universe, wants to talk with me. He wants to talk with me constantly. He says, pray without ceasing. Why? Because he just wants to be with me. He wants to talk with me. He wants to hear my heart. He knows what it is. He knows what's in my heart, but he doesn't want to just know it as if it's some abstract entity out there that he doesn't care about. He he cares about our heart. He's counted the very hairs of our head. Mm-hmm. He's got us inscribed on the palms of his hands. Mm-hmm. He cares about Amen. us, and he wants to just talk with us like we want our children to talk with us as parents at the dinner table because we want to communicate with them and know them like no one else. I'm just amazed that the God of the universe cares about me that much that he wants me to talk to him. Yeah. And I would say that this is one of the top three most important things as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that say that they're Christians, but I'm talking about a devoted follower of Jesus Christ who lives out the word of God on the daily, like picking up their cross. And the first I would point out would be salvation, salvation through Jesus Christ, accepting that Jesus died for us on the cross. His blood was shed for us. And those who accept Christ then are saved. And I would say that is number one. Number two is knowing the word of God. How in the world can we know a person if we don't study about them? How would I know about my husband if I didn't know what his habits are or what his favorite food or his favorite color? It's like, I'm not saying that God is that way, but we want to know God. We want to know who is God and what is his character. So to know him is to know his word so that when someone comes to me and tells me something about my God, I'm like, what Bible are you reading? Because this is the word of God. That is critical. And then thirdly, I would say prayer because we have to be able to communicate. I can't be in my marriage and never talk to my husband. It's impossible. How can we be together and not have a conversation? So how can I be a follower of Jesus Christ, know his word and not pray? We are called to pray. And that is a key thing. I love what James 4 says. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded, meaning Hey, I need God. So what am I going to do? I'm going to draw near to him and I'm going to ask him, Lord, I'm going to petition my prayer. I'm going to worship him. And it's so important for us to know. And 
like what you were saying, it's just the basic thing, like how to communicate with God. And, you know, we kind of broke our Bible study into three categories, one being worshipful, like worshiping the God of the universe. Oh God, thank you. I thank you for who you are. I mean, that is just going into prayer and thanking him, like, God, thank you for this day. Thank you that you have saved me, that you have given me salvation. And because of you, Lord, I have a new life and I'm able to be sanctified by the blood of Christ. I mean, that is worshipful. Many people in the Bible prayed worshipful prayers and were just in awe of God, just in worship. Like we think about Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 2. She was without child and she was praying so much that Eli was like, what are you doing? You're, you're like a drunk woman. Get out of here. And she's like, no, my soul is praying. And what happened? God gave her a son, Samuel. And she says, my heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like you, Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. I mean, that is worshipful. That is just exalting God and who he is. Then we've got the prayer of petition as just something where we desperately are looking for God to come and and help us. We're petitioning our prayers to him because we need help. And I know, Michael, you and I, there was many times in our marriage at the very beginning where we had very difficult moments. Uh, It seemed like tragedy, situations, difficulties, and we were praying for help. We were petitioning our hearts before the Lord, like, we don't understand, God, what is happening, but we still praise you. And we petitioned, God, please take this off our shoulders. And I remember, I remember those clearly, how desperate we were in prayer, petitioning our hearts before God. It wasn't like, Lord, um, this is what's going on, but can you fix it? No, it's like, I know that you're a God of the universe. And here I am just one little person, but I know that I mean so much to you, God. And I know that you hear and you see the cry of my heart and I'm petitioning you to help my heart and my soul and my direction and guidance with discernment and wisdom. I need your help, oh God. And we look at a couple of examples here. And I love this story about the leper. And I love what the word of God says in Mark chapter one, verse 40 through 42. And a leper came to him, Jesus, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean, moved with pity he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. That is powerful. Why? Because the leopard came to Jesus with a heart of, 
I'm coming boldly before you, Jesus, you're standing right there. And I'm going to implore and recognize that you are God, you are King, you are the one that brings healing. And I'm coming to you, Jesus, with boldness to say, I beg you, Jesus, heal me, make me clean. And there's a spiritual aspect here that I see because I also see like, someone that is not saved, someone that has just sin and is filled with filth and he makes it white as snow, as it says in Isaiah. And I love that. And Jesus, what did he do? He immediately healed him. And this is a face-to-face interaction. And we don't have a face-to-face interaction with Jesus, but we can implore Jesus. We can implore to our God and Lord, we're asking you to Come right now and help us in this situation. Many people fasted and asked God for help. And it is okay for us to ask for help, but we're doing it with the reasons to glorify God. It's not to gain money. Oh God, please, I ask you to, you know, give me more money. No, those are incorrect and ineffective prayers. This is a soul cry out to the Lord, petitioning for something that we we know that our God can do because he is greater and he is bigger. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Tanya, I, de- I definitely love your passion and that's, uh, that's what I love about you so much. And your passion comes out in your prayers and that's what's so beautiful to see. It's us just pouring our hearts out to God just with us and Him alone. We don't have an audience in front of us. It's just us talking with God, crying to God, sometimes being angry at God. It's okay to be angry at God. There's plenty of examples in the Bible where people were angry at God, and it was okay if that's what our heart is at. God wants to hear that. We're His children, and He wants to hear what's on our hearts. And you know, it's we're trying to encourage everyone here to pray. This is not in any way to condemn or make anybody feel guilty. There's no condemnation in Christ. This is simply an encouragement. God does not condemn us. He just encourages us to pray because he wants to talk to us. And we understand that praying can be hard. People like Tanya, who are prayer warriors, just love to pray. You can see that it just fills their soul. They can pray for hours. I, on the other hand, struggle with prayer a little bit. I I have to be more intentional about it. I have to set more structure around it. And I'm going to pray during this time for this amount of time every day in order to make sure that it happens or it can get away from me. And I'm not spending that quality time with the Lord. I kind of think of it like love languages. We have love languages in our relationship with the Lord. There's some that just are filled when they worship. They just love to worship God and they just love to sing. And that's just what makes them so excited about their relationship with the Lord. Others, it's Bible study. They're more intellectual. That's where I'm at. I just get so excited when I'm in the Word and I'm studying it. I'm reading what other people think about it. I'm reading commentaries. That just really excites me. It gets my brain going. And and I I just love to think about the things of God. And that's how I connect really strongly with with God. Others may connect more with God by serving others, by going out there and raking someone's leaves that really needs it, an elderly person or something, and then sharing the love of Christ with them. In evangelism, others really get filled by sharing evangelism. God calls us to do all these things, but we all have different strengths. 
And prayer might not be one of our strengths, and we might have to spend some time being more intentional about praying. But that's okay. We don't have to condemn ourselves about it. We just need to make sure it happens, and our prayer life can get better as we do it more, and we'll enjoy it more as we do it more and enjoy praying with others and enjoy praying in front of others and not get so nervous about it. And it'll become more natural for those that it's not just a natural strength. And we'll come to really enjoy just talking to God and not being so self-conscious about it. I totally agree. I think that it's important because when you were saying, oh, that I love to pray and I do love to pray, but I didn't start out like that. I was super nervous. Let me tell you, I remember my friend's like, hey, you've got to pray. And I'm like, I don't know what to pray because everybody around me is looking at me. Oh my goodness. I'll just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And, you know, it's exercise, right? The more we exercise, the better we get at, better at something, right? If we're exercising our body, we're lifting weights, then we're going to build muscles. If we are reading the Bible, we're going to be able to learn it more. So it's really practicing and praying more with the Lord, God. And so I'm going to continue with the last section here of intercessory prayer. And that is really a hard one. I would say the worshipful prayer and the petition prayer, those are amazing prayers. I think it's great. I would say intercessory prayer is the harder one. How many times are we praying for our enemies. That's a hard one. I mean, do I want to go around praying for my enemies? My flesh says no, but what does God's word say? He says, pray for your enemy, right? Pray for those who persecute you. Matthew 5, 44. I mean, he talks about that. And so we are to love our enemies and pray for them. Pray for those who persecute you. That is hard to do. Do we pray for the lost? Um, do we spend that time every day praying for the lost? I have to raise my hand and say, you know, I'm guilty of that because it's harder to do that. It's harder to pray for others. And so intercessory prayer is about others. And a great verse that comes to mind is Exodus 32, 11 through 14 about Moses, where he says, but Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O oh Lord, why does your wrath burn against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say with evil intent, did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have promised, I will give to your offspring and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. Why? Because Moses implored the Lord. And then what did he do? He prayed back his word to God. He said, Hey, I'm going to remind you that, um, you said, Lord, that remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, or Jacob, your servants that you swore to them. Remember that, that you said that you would multiply your offspring. So this is another 
area where we can bring in the word of God and pray it back to God. You know, Lord, you said that you want all your people to be saved, that you want everybody to come to the knowledge of Christ. That's what you said, Lord. So I pray on the behalf of, you know, I'm making this up, John, and I pray that you would help me to be able to witness to him, encourage him and help him see the word um, that is to help him see truth in the word of God. I mean, these are the things that we need to be doing. And, you know, I'm speaking to myself as I'm as I'm talking to you guys regarding all these things. But these are some key prayers that we should really be focusing on is worship, being worshipful, petitioning our prayer, bringing it before the Lord and intercessory prayer. Those are three really important things. Now, one thing I do want to bring up before we kind of wrap things up is I want to bring up the prayer of Jabez. Michael, you and I have been talking about this off and on for a couple of weeks, but let's just read it. First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain, Jabez called upon God, Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it may not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. I mean, that it was just that quick. And one of the things that I saw in that verse that stood out is that we see the word honorable. So Jabez was honorable, but in this um, passage, the Hebrew word, I may not be saying it correct, is kavad, a primitive root to be heavy in a bad sense. It could be burdensome, severe, dull, or in a good sense, numerous, rich, and honorable. So it's like, okay, I'm kind of confused. Like, what does this mean? But his mother named him pain, which in the Hebrew is like sorrow. So it's sad that your mom named you that. But here Jabez is coming in the scene and it's like, just praise to God. Please expand my territory. So he knew that God was the God of Israel. He was true, faithful, and powerful. He's a covenant God. He had to have heard from others that God is the only one. Did he get information from the commandments? Uh, did he get trained? Was he discipled in a way to know who God of Israel was? Because obviously he knew and he came before God with such confidence saying, Lord, please expand my territory. Why? Why do you need your territory expanded? Why, Jabez? Is it to spread the gospel? It kind of reminds me of the good news. Spread the gospel. Expand our territory so others can hear the word of God and see who God is in my life. Oh God, I don't want to bring anyone sorrow or pain. I just want to be glorifying to you. So expand my territory. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love I love the, the prayer of Jabez. We know from the outset he was an honorable person. And so this prayer pleased God, and that's the important thing to keep in mind. And what is he asking for? He's asking to be blessed and to have more territory. And it seems like that would be contrary to like what Solomon prayed, where God was impressed with Solomon mm -hmm. because he's, he was saying, just give me wisdom so I can know how to lead and help others. Mm -hmm. And God was so impressed that he didn't ask for things for himself but rather for others. And God ended up blessing him not only with wisdom, but also with riches and blessing. 
But here we have Jabez asking flat out, bless me, expand my territory. And he's described as honorable. Why is that? He had to be like Solomon, where it says he was a righteous person. So Mm -hmm. he was he was a person that was probably like Solomon that looked out for others. And he wants to just have a bigger influence in order to be a bigger influence for God. And God is going to bless that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the parable of the talents. As we show that we are using what he is giving us for his glory, God wants to fund that. Mm-hmm. He wants to give more of that. Yes, let me bless you more so that you can be a blessing to others. If that is our focus, then God wants to partner with us. And I just love that. So we can keep in mind with all the prosperity gospel out there that kind of makes people nervous about praying to be blessed. Sometimes we can take the reaction to the opposite extreme and forget that God is our father. And he says he wants to give us good things. He wants to bless us, especially so that we can be a blessing to others. And it is okay to pray for that in the right mindset. Yeah. And I have to read this quote because it is pretty powerful. Despite the penultimate importance of prayer, however, statistical surveys and experience seem to agree that a large percentage of professing Christians spend little time in sustained prayer. While they may offer a sentence of prayer here and there throughout their day, they rarely spend more than a very few minutes, if that alone in conversation with God. That is a quote from Donald S. Whitney. And I think that's really on point saying that we have 24 hours in the day. And I would say on average, people probably sleep seven on average, seven hours a night. I mean, we should be getting eight, but we're saying out of the rest of the day, we're only going to spend a few minutes and then continue on in our day. How are we building a relationship with the Lord? We need to be speaking to him throughout the day. I mean, it says that pray without ceasing. We are to be praying. I mean, even if you're outside, Lord, thank you so much for this or that. I mean, I know I'll go through the grocery store and I'm talking and it looks like I'm talking to no one. I mean, good thing that technology people may think I have some kind of mini earphone in my ear, but I'm sitting here talking, moving my lips, (laughs) talking to the Lord because I'm like, I need you to help me with this. And Lord, I'm just going to express my feelings about this. And you know, that's what we should be doing. I really love that. And lastly, we have a spiritual battle that we're up against. Our prayer life will be attacked. The enemy does not want us to pray. So if we're praying a couple minutes a day, the enemy's like, yes, as long as I can keep them not to be together, God and whoever's praying, I win. And we don't want that. We want to fight against that. We want to keep praying harder. And Jesus expects us to pray. He says in Luke 18, 1, and he told them a parable to effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said to pray, seek and you will find the doors open. We must pray, always be praying because Jesus prayed. He prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. He prayed before he went to the cross. God, please take this from me. But if it's your will, I'll do it. And he did it. And we need to be obedient to be prayerful people. And just like Michael was saying, you know, we're not here to condemn anyone. We're not here to make you feel guilty if your prayer life is only a minute a day. That is something that you need to take to the Lord because 
he wants to have a communication with you. He wants to have a deeper relationship. He wants to grow you in this area. And we have to have a humble heart to be able to accept like, okay, this is hurtful. It may hurt me because I'm only praying a minute or two a day, but you know, Lord, it hurts because maybe that's right. Maybe I need to uh, surrender that area of my life and I need help. So Lord, please help me. That prayer begins now. And so I love this little study that we went through. We want God to transform our hearts. We want him to to really renew us and grow us as followers of Christ, to be on solid food constantly so that we can disciple others. How can we be fervent in our prayer and disciple someone? We need to be people of God who are so joyful about our salvation, who are people that know the word of God, memorizing scripture and pray. If we were praying we would be able to shake the earth as Acts said. The people gathered together. I think it was Acts chapter two. They gathered together and the place shook. And so we need to be people who are praying to shake God's heart, to see that we are desperate for him and we need him and we can't go this life without him. Yeah. And when you talked about discipling others, it really made me think about how we need to model prayer for our children. And, you know, they need to see us praying. We need to pray together as a family. We need to show them how to pray. Just like the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray? Yeah, they probably pray. They were spiritual people, but evidently they saw Jesus as an, on another level of prayer and were just astonished at the prayers that he was able to pray. It's like, how do we pray like that? And Jesus modeled that for them through the Lord's Prayer. And we can model that for our children when we're having our Bible studies in the morning or whenever we have them and we show them how to pray by praying with them and for them and we have them pray and take turns praying and we're just a praying family. They see us praying when we're in the car and we see an ambulance go by. Let's take a moment and just pray for them. You know, we see somebody on the side of the road that is working on a tire. They got it, so we don't need to stop and we pray for them. And uh, they see us doing that. So they see it as part of our lives. We're modeling that for them. They see it as part of the very fabric of our very being that we're constantly in conversation with the Lord, that they, they see us having our alone time with God locked away in our prayer room just to pray. And they also see us with our breath prayers in the moment, praying with somebody. Somebody shares with us a hurt that they're having. It's like, well, let me just pray for you. You know, and they just, they see us doing that. It's not to show off to our children because this is, we're not showing off to them. We're just, we're not doing that for that purpose, but it's so much a part of us and we're modeling it for them. We don't want to hide that from them. We want to make sure that we are discipling them in prayer so that they see that this is a part of their life as well. Yes, this is so awesome. And I'm so grateful that we had an opportunity to talk about prayer and just the mini Bible study that we posted up on our Instagram page at Kohler Mania just really encouraged me. And it has encouraged many to be looking at their prayer life. And so that's our intent here is to encourage you to pretty much step up and pray, pray harder and pray with fervency in heart. Um, because we know that that is what the Lord wants. It's all about Jesus and it's all about our relationship with him and it moves him 
when we pray and we become a people who take prayer very seriously. I am so grateful that we got to talk about this. So this brings us to the end of this podcast for focusing on prayer. And I hope that it was helpful and encouraging to each of you who are listening today. Until next time. God bless.